Hi, this is Nathan Caldwell. You may know me from Protectorate Productions, Protectors of the Book, Team Jadith Live, Dr. What. Well, I'm starting a new show. It's called Protectorate Productions Comedy Showcase. You will hear things from Classic Team Jadith Live, some new items, and I'm hoping to get some other podcasters on board by simply asking them if I could use some clips from their shows, maybe even from shows long ago. Well, jump into the adventure with me, because here we go. Hey, Max, you want to play baseball? Yeah. All right. It's the bottom of the ninth. Two outs. Two strikes. Zero balls. Then how are you going to play? I don't know. Bells in the Bat Free, John Bell's show, can be found at thebatfree.com on the Mutual Audio Network and finer podcast sites. Finer podcast sites? Well, you've certainly gone and done it now, green skunk. I was merely doing my job as a costumed crime fighter. I mean, in the last episode, you leapt off the top of my building... And stank the president's wife. I did not know that she was the president's wife. Mm-hmm. I just saw somebody approaching the building, uh-huh. surrounded by men in black suits with sunglasses on. I figured that she was a no, that was criminal uh, mastermind, and they were the henchmen, secret service, or goons, mm-hmm. what or that was, other such ilk. Mm-hmm. Listen, uh, I never really authorized you to be a protector of this building. Crime fighters go where they are needed, like moths to the flame. I'm not sure I understand the analogy. Well, moths go to flames. Yes, but not because the flame is doing some sort of criminal activity. Yes, well, I understand that, but you see, we are drawn to crime like a moth is well, to Yes, a... but you see, there was no crime. You were just on my roof and Watching you for crime, stank uh... up the president's wife. Well, thinking that she was a uh, criminal type. So are we in for jail time or what? Oh, polecat, I... Forgot you were here. Oh, yeah. Everybody forgets the sidekick, right? I'm just well, part of the scenery, just yes. another piece of furniture. Actually, that's fairly accurate. Though. I created the whole green skunk in our armaments and everything but the costumes. You didn't create the costumes? Well, I had some skunk suits, but he created the green skunk costume. Yes, I created the uh, green skunk motif. And what inspired that? <laughs> inspired? <laughs> Calm down, little stinky. He washed the costumes along with some green sheets and hot water. Fate came to my aid at that moment. Tell me, I'm not going to spend the rest of my life in a cell with this idiot. Listen. What idiot would you prefer? Look, guys, let's just uh, let's just put a cap on it. I was able to keep this out of the press. Mm. No one knows about this. Everyone involved thought it'd be too embarrassing Uh to uh, be made public. So just go. Go. He's throwing us out, lame brain. Are you suggesting we no longer darken your door? Or my rooftop or anything and keep your stink power just... Anywhere but here. Come on, let's go. But the flame of opportunity calls me for Look, that's still a bad analogy. Just go. Come on, I'll get the roller skates. No, this is where I belong. Fine, I'm getting out. And my little partner, the pipsqueak polecat, also feels he should stay here. Hey, just a minute. You'll notice he's not leaving. You let go of my arm? Are you two leaving or not? Leaving, let go. All right, just a minute. Oh, hello? Brad, I have something I need you to do, please. I can't, Mr. Bell, I'm busy. Doing what? I woke you out of a sound sleep, and you can't think of anything, can Don't you? Don't you hate it when that happens? Just get into my office, please. Right away, Mr. Bell. Bell, yes, thank you. And get some caffeine. I'll do that. All right. 
Mr. Bell, I feel that you will regret what you're about to do. I don't think maybe so. Maybe not today, I... maybe not tomorrow. Say what? But our little lives don't amount to a hill of beans compared to... Is there any to... way to shut him oh, up? Oh, I wish. Yes, Mr. Bell, what is it I can do for you? Brad, have you met the green skunk and his partner, the... Polecat. Polecat. Well, they look a lot like those idiots that stink the first lady. That would be us. I want them out, Brad. Out of the room. No. Out of the building. No. Out of your life. That's the one I'm looking for. Okay, guys, let's go. Follow me. Let's go. Farewell, Mr. Let's Bell. Go. Yeah, bye. We will return. No, you won't. Well, okay, maybe we won't. No, you uh, bye. won't. Bye. This 10-minute production features the voice acting of John Lawhunt, Cindy Swanson, Darren Marlar, and Glenn Haskell. All Christian radio and voiceover talent. Hang on, pal. Here we go. Whoa. Let's listen to this skit called The Sheep's Clothing Store, and let's get crazy. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Sheep's Clothing Store. How may I be of service? Thanks, but uh, I'm just looking. Wonderful. Feel free to browse and let me know if I can help you with anything. I don't think I've ever come across your store before. Is it new? In this area, yes, but I operate a large number of stores in various areas that have been in business for many, many years. Are you the owner? Indeed I am. My name is Mr. Wolf. I oversee the opening of each new store and operate it until it gets established. Getting uh, much business? Oh, yes. I can hardly keep the stock on the shelves fast enough. People love our clothes. Really? I've never heard of it. Sheep's clothing. Don't you advertise? Quite frankly, no. You see, people that wear our clothes are looking to project a certain image. And if others knew that it was our clothes they were wearing, that image would suffer. We sell by word of mouth, mostly. I I don't get it. Don't you sell a clothing line for Christians? Well, not quite. It's a bit difficult to explain. Excuse me, I'll be back in a moment. Welcome to Sheep's Clothing. May I help you? Yes, I'm supposed to meet someone tonight, and I wanted to wear something special. A friend of mine recommended your store and said you could help me with what I need. Of course, you've come to the right place. Now, what type of situation did you need to dress for, and what did you have in mind? Well, the guy I'm meeting is a real churchgoer, and I'm not. I think I'd like him, but I've heard it said that he only dates girls that go to church also. I'd like for him to think I'm a Christian, so he'll want to go out with me. Ah, I see. Just the occasion that calls for our particular fashions. Please follow me. I have an outfit that will look smashing on you. Here's a lovely little number that is not only simple, but says, I'm modest in a charming way and just a bit old-fashioned. Any church in the country would welcome a lady dressed like this. It's not very flattering or figure-revealing. Well, no indeed, but that's the point. Once you've snared the unsuspecting young fellow, you can give it a goodwill and go back to whatever you want to wear. It's nice, but I think it might take a bit more than a dress to convince him. Very perceptive. Indeed it will. That's why we also sell the perfect accessories to any outfit you will find in the sheep's clothing store. For example, here's a lovely gold-plated cross to put around your neck. It's lovely. 
I do notice a lot of people wearing them lately, even rock stars and rap artists. Oh yes, we supply most of them that you see on television. After all, Jesus said, "Take up your cross and follow me," and this is exactly what he meant by it. That, along with this large leather-bound Bible, will convincingly project the image that you too are a Christian. Ooh, now this looks religious. Hey, this Bible is blank. There's nothing in it but empty pages. Well, of course, it's only for appearance's sake. No need to make it heavier with all that ink. That makes sense. It's not like I'd actually want to read it or anything. Of course not. Who would? I'll take them all. I really want this guy to like me, and I think this will do it. Oh, I can practically guarantee it, my dear. I can't tell you how many happy customers have gotten a Christian to fall for them, and they never knew they weren't until they married them. And by then, it's too late. Sounds wonderful. No wonder my friend recommended me to you. She shops here also, and she's been married five times, so it must work. Will that be cash or credit? I'd like to charge it. What's the total on that? Uh, let's see. Uh, that comes to three hundred seventy-two dollars and fifty-three cents. What? These items are really expensive. Well, perhaps, but remember, the only other way to look like a Christian is to actually become one, and that's a bit extreme, don't you think? Look at it this way: the brand name and image, three seventy-two fifty-three. The look on his face, priceless. And after all, look at the catch you'll get. That's true. And if I play my cards right, he'll be paying for it soon anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, he will. Here you are. Also, please take this free gift. Compliments of the management. How to speak Christianese. Will I need this? Oh, my dear, this little booklet is indispensable when trying to fit in with the Christian crowd. They have their own language, you know, and this is a handbook of catchphrases and frequently used words. Just sprinkle some of these gems, like "Hallelujah" and "Praise the Lord," into a conversation, and you'll shine. Thanks. This will really help. Just our way of saying thank you for shopping at the Sheep's Clothing Store. Good day. Have you found anything that interests you yet, sir? I don't believe what I just saw. You sold that woman clothes for the express purpose of deceiving somebody into thinking she's a Christian. Of course, that's the purpose of the entire line. You see, there are many, many people who are not Christians, but for one reason or another, want to profit in some manner by appearing to be one for short periods of time. This is incredible. I had no idea such a place existed. Now you can see the reason we don't advertise. Those that shop here don't want others to know that they shop here. Because then the illusion would be ruined. So you make money by helping people appear to be something they're not. No,、oh, please,、uh, don't sound so accusatory. Many businesses make their millions doing just that. It's the way of the world. What other types of people shop here? I mean, besides those wanting to marry a good Christian without being one. Oh, people from all walks of life. For example, the businessman who wants to have the respect of the community and church. But isn't willing to give up the little extra bonuses he treats himself to on business trips.、And、then there are those that make a living in the Christian world, but don't want to live the life that true Christianity demands of them. Why, I even have pastors, deacons, and Sunday school teachers as some of my best clients. You don't say. In fact, many of the famous televangelists are my customers. Ah, I don't believe it. Oh, <laughs> believe it, my friend. It's true. I'm flabbergasted. I never dreamed there might be so many pretenders right there in the church I attend. You 
attend church. Yes, every Sunday, and even sometimes on Wednesday, and, and sometimes there are revivals. If the speaker's good, I'll go to them. I see. And have you made a commitment to Christ, or do you simply attend church? Well, I've been to church most of my life, ever since I was a little kid. But now that I think about it, uh, I, I can't remember ever making a real commitment to the Lord, but well, being here today has opened my eyes. Maybe I've been pretending to be a Christian, too, you know, without really being one. You place me in a delicate situation, friend. Consider this. Someone in your position, having had their eyes open to the workings of my business, might reveal sensitive information to the wrong persons. I need to know where you stand on what you've seen before I can let you leave. I never realized what was at stake before, uh, but now that I've seen what goes on, I can't play at being a Christian. What I need to do is get to church and make my salvation sure. Well, that makes my decision easier. What are you doing that for? Just closing up for lunch. Would you like to join me in the back room for a bite? Who the hell? Mr. Shepherd. Mr. Wolf. Busy as always, I see. Oh, you know what they say. No rest for the wicked. Looks like I got here just in time. You have an annoying habit of doing that. Oh, mister, I, I don't know who you are, but I'm glad to see you. This is no place for you, Alan. I believe you were headed somewhere. Yes. Yes, I was. I, I mean, I am. What you're going to do, do quickly. Thanks. Oh, there goes another one. I, I, I don't suppose you've come to shut down my business for good this time? Not today, but the time is coming when your sheep's clothing line will be discontinued. Permanently. And when will that be? Soon, when the last lost sheep is brought into the flock. Oh, and sorry about the door. Again. <sighs> if his return is that close, I must redouble my efforts. Oh well, in the meantime, there are still many wanting to look like something they're not, and I'm here to help. Little do they realize how they help my agenda, and little do they dream what exactly that is. <laughs> you know, if you enjoy listening to comedy and would like to do it yourself, you can. For free comedy and drama scripts for you or your drama team to perform, go to www.christianskitscripts.com. Plus, you'll find soundtrack CDs you can purchase to enhance your performance of the skits. It's do-it-yourself Christian comedy at christianskitscripts.com. Before there was That Story Show with James Kennison over at nlcast.com that stood for Nobody's Listening. Here's a clip from that old classic version of what is still a good show today. I was reading the back of a uh, Burger King crown okay. to this week, uh, and it had interesting facts about kings and, and how they got their power. Uh, historical facts. Historical. Yeah, it said something about on the back of a, a Burger King. <laughs> well, it was a crown, so I crown. I assumed that they were giving us uh, practical tips about mm -hmm. you know because you never know when you're going to find historical facts. Anyway, it was uh, something. I wish I had it with me. I actually have it out in the car. I forgot to bring it in, but it uh, was talking about how uh, that 
you have to that a king has to wear his crown all the time. That uh-huh. at any time somebody can decrown the king, that he will not be the king anymore. Whoever and I had and the that's, crown would be the king. And that's something I didn't know. And uh-huh. a matter of fact, that uh, another another fact about kings is that if anyone um, de- or if a group if the group decides that the king is not a good king. Then they can grab the crown. They can grab the crown, and the three-second rule applies to where anyone that can put the crown on their head and and uh, and th- you know crown themselves king is the new king. And I was totally blown away because I'm like, dude, you know, I haven't su- I haven't studied culture, <laughs> you know, I haven't studied the way kings worked. But I was like, man, that kind of makes sense, you know, because it would be hard to decrown a king because he has guards, right? Maybe that's mm-hmm. why they have guards all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, and anyway, and then I I it, then oh. Then they said if two people crown themselves king at the same time, the way they would work that out is whoever had the closest birthday to December the 2nd. Okay, so wait, how, wait, wait, how wait, would they ever become two crowns? Well, that's the part that started throwing me. And then it also <laughs> said in parentheses that that was the date of the first Burger King. And oh. then I realized, David, something that made me feel really stupid is this was a game <laughs> You're that an idiot. had to do with the crown. <laughs> That, that that kids were supposed to get together and it's wear like this King crown. Of the Hill, but with the crown. I thought it was real. <laughs> I thought it was stinking I was real. Like you finished this, started telling somebody next to you and Burger King. <laughs> hey, did you hear about the new King thing they just Dude, I, I'm so glad I didn't say anything to anybody because I'd be like, I, I mean, I thought I was reading like Reader's Digest facts here. So you, you were know? sitting there enthralled I, by the. Information I love in the knowing back of a stuff, crown. and I thought this was the way to. I thought this was the way to do it, but anyway, <laughs> and, uh, undoubtedly, I was completely wrong. Uh, so that was the first thing that I felt stupid about this week. Second thing uh, actually happened last Sunday. Yeah, and you told me about this. Yeah. And here's this week's old-time radio moment, brought to you by the Retro Radio Podcast and Keith Heltley. Come on, Castell, we haven't got a minute to lose. We'll have to go around to our friends and find somebody to cook the dinner or dig up some food. Yes, Mimi, my old girlfriend, Tessie Kimfrell, maybe she can help us out. Well, come on, come let's, on let's go over to her house. Well, here's Tessie Tinfoil's house. I hope she's home. Go ahead and knock. Oh, hello, Mr. Abbott. And there you are, my fat little lover boy, Louis. Come to me. Let me hold you in my arms. Let me crush you to me. Well, say something, little lover boy. How can I? You got your knee on my chest. <laughs> Let me up. Oh, Louis, I'll bet you came to take me for a ride along the beach. It'll be so romantic. We'll drive to some out-of-the-way place where you can make love to me. I'm very appealing over candlelight and wine. You wouldn't appeal to me over beer and a flashlight. (laughs) (laughs) Tessie, I came to you for help. I'm entertaining a big society woman for dinner tonight, and I have no cook. Uh, Could you help me out? Oh, I'd love to, Miss Abbott, but I've never been able to cook. I'll never forget the first meal I ever cooked. My husband sat down and ate it and left me. You mean he walked out on you? Why, no, he didn't walk out. Six men carried him out. <laughs> hey, um, look, Abbott, maybe Scotty's wife's home, and maybe we can get her to help you. Come on, I'll knock on the door. Go ahead. Oh, what do you want? <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. What are you doing here? Where's Scotty? Uh, Scotty's out of town. He went to San Francisco. San Francisco. San Francisco. San Francisco? Pismo Beach. 
said, go out on the walk. On the walk. On the walk. Would it? No, thanks. I don't want to rush my stomach. Look, mister, I'm in a spot. I need somebody to cook my dinner. Oh, you came to the right place. I make a wonderful stew. <laughs> hey, look, Costello. The actress, Bessie May Moocher, just pulled up in front of her apartment. Yoo-hoo! Bessie! Oh, good evening, boys. Isn't this a lovely, balmy evening? I love to see the sunset behind the Hollywood Hills. <laughs> Isn't it too, too enchanting? Oh, yes, it's just too, too divine. <laughs> it is too, too divine and utterly picturesque. <laughs> Bessie, I'm in terrible trouble. I'm trying to find somebody to cook for us tonight. Uh, could you help us out? Oh, goodness, no. I'm one of those helpless gonzos. This morning, I even burned my harm. Harm? Oh, sure, Abby, you know what harm is. You fry it with oogs and sprinkle it with salt and pepper. <laughs> I finally wound up with just a gloss of milk and a cruller. Why, you poor, poor loss. You mean you didn't have butter tooth? <laughs> but, Buzzy, can't you help us out at all? We have to have some food. Well, all I have in the house is some sauerkraut, some raspberry jam, and some pizza cooler. Pizza cooler? Oh, whatever. Jimmy, she's got a beetle of soda poop pipe. Pizza. Well, I'm a sauce in for my evening boss. I hope you have good luck with your dinner. And as they say, I didn't have with that last joke. Well, as they say in Russian, Penyamaya, my bublitsky to you. And a pair of my old britches to you, too. Costello, what am I going to do? My lovely Carlotta will be at the house in exactly an hour and a half. And where am I going to get a cook? Well, there's only one place left. Where? I guess we'll have to ask Mrs. Niles. Oh, hello, boys. Gee, Mrs. Niles, this is the first time I ever saw you with slacks. You have a nice shape. Wait a minute, Costello. My wife isn't here. Oh, pardon me, Ken. I didn't recognize you without your leash. Oh, quite. <laughs> Quiet, Costello. Where's Mrs. Niles? Well, she went downtown to get a beauty treatment. She's being offered a job as a cover girl. Magazine or manhole? <laughs> Quiet, Costello. Will you please? Ken, do you know where I can get somebody to cook dinner for my girlfriend and me? Well, no, I don't. The only one in the house is a French maid, Fifi. Oh, wait a minute. I'll ask her if she can cook. Oh, well, Fifi. Oh, yes, Monsieur Niles. Oh, uh-huh. hello, Monsieur Abbott and Monsieur Costello. Hello, my little sister. Now, cut that out, Costello. Fifi, we need somebody to cook dinner tonight. What do yes, you say? Yes, Monsieur, I can cook anything. I can make frog leg francaise, but dessert, I need a foie gras from the tail jardinière. How about cement mixer, putty, putty? <laughs> Just name anything you want, monsieur, and you can have it. Come over here and kiss your poor old father. <laughs> Definitely not near. Well, that's a relief. The end is here. What? Have a good day, and remember, laughter, it's a really good medicine.